Are we doing this? Really? Wait for it. Are we doing this? Wait for it. Ow! What the fuck? WTF. And it's also, eh, what the fuck? What's wrong with me? It's time for WTF. What the fuck? With Mark Marin. All right, let's do this. How are you, what the fuckers? What the fuck, buddies? What the fucking ears? What the fuckadelics? And what the fuckaholics? This is Mark Marin. This is WTF. I'm happy you are here. I'm happy to be back. I was in Austin, Texas at South by Southwest. But before I get into what's happening with me and the show, can I just put something out there, please? If you could, if you're planning on buying my book, Attempting Normal, pre-order it. Uh, pre-order it now at Amazon or Barnes & Noble or, or Powell's or whatever bookseller you want to do it with, because I'm told that that makes a difference in some way with the numbers, with the this, with the that. Uh, so if you're going to buy it, uh, buy it now if you would. And I'll, and I'll try not to pester you too much, but I can't guarantee I won't pester you a bit, uh, if that's okay. I'm proud of the book. I like it. I think you'll like it. There's a lot of stuff in there that you don't know about me. There's some different takes on stuff you do know about me. It's funny. It's dark. It makes me uncomfortable. Okay? It makes me uncomfortable that it's out there, so that should be encouraging for you. Uh, let me give you some upcoming dates. I will be in Chicopee, Massachusetts at the Hukilau. The Hukilau, Friday, March 29th. Those are the dates that we uh, we are doing in, to make up for those snow days. March 30th at the Wilbur with a live stand-up hour or two and a live WTF, uh, two shows that night. Thursday, April 4th through April 6th, I'll be at Crackers in Indianapolis. Just added those. Haven't been to Indy in a while. Looking forward to it. Probably stop by the Bob and Tom show, say hi to those fellas. April 13th, I will be at the Palace of Fine Arts in San Francisco. April 19th, I will be at the Music Fest Cafe in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. And April 24th through 27th, I'm going back to Austin, Texas to do the Moon Tower Comedy Festival. I did not do comedy at South by Southwest because I wanted to do the Moon Tower Comedy Festival because I had a great time there last year, and it's going to be great. We're going to do some stand-up. We're going to do live WTF. And a little further in the future, May 4th, I will be at the Paps Theater in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. I would like to add that in April, mid-April, I will be taping an hour special uh, in New York City at an undisclosed location right now. I'll figure out a way to get you guys involved who want to come. Uh, I imagine that I'll get plenty of people to come. There's going to be two shows, but maybe I can put something together, a special offer or something like that. Okay, today on the show, uh, Lynn Shawcroft, uh, whose late husband was Mitch Hedberg, is going to talk a bit about their relationship, about his comedy, about her comedy, and about you know what happened. And uh, it's... You know, it's it's deep stuff. Uh, if you're a Mitch fan, uh, as as many of us uh, were, it's uh, some of it's hard to hear. But uh, but I was happy that Lynn came and talked about it candidly, and and uh, it, it was a good talk. And and we'll get to that in a second. I was in South by Southwest. I I mentioned that, but I should mention the reason I was there. Why was I at South by Southwest? IFC brought me out there to announce the premiere date of the show Marin which is a show about a guy who runs a podcast out of his garage. He has cats. He's troubled a bit. Uh, he's a little aggravated. Yes, it's a show based on me. And it premieres May 3rd, my friends. It's all happening. All this stuff that wasn't real is real. The book is real. The show is real. Uh, it's all happening. What am I in the movie Almost Famous? It's all happening. And uh, I'm very proud of, of all of it. Uh, and I wouldn't tell you that if I didn't believe it. I feel that I did a good job with these things. 
and uh, and I hope you enjoy them. So May third on IFC is the premiere of Marin. Some of the press kits have gone out already. People are looking at the first three episodes, which makes me nervous. That's the weird thing about it is that this couldn't have really happened at a better point in my life in terms of, you know, there's a lot of things you get older and, you, you know, you realize a lot of things you don't have to fucking freak out about and drive yourself crazy. I can't say I'm totally there, but certainly uh, I, I'm excited. Whereas I think a few years ago, I would have been consumed with dread and panic that nobody would like it. I'm not saying that that's not in me, but I'm calling it excitement. I've rephrased it. I've reframed it in my mind. Hey, why dread? Why assume the worst when it might be great? Why not Why not live in that space? Okay, I'm doing it now. Can you hear the excitement in my voice? Okay, now I'm going to give you uh, what the other one sounds like. Ah, oh, fuck, man. I don't know what's going to happen. I mean, I, you know, I, I mean, I, I'm happy with it, but I mean, I don't know. I don't know how other people are going to re- react and like, shit, fuck. What if they, what if they don't like the book? What if no one buys the book? What if no one watches the show? What if they don't like the show? What the fuck am I going to do then? I mean, God damn it. See, which would you prefer? I'm, I'm excited. I'm happy about this stuff and I'm proud of it. And I, and I put a lot of work into it and I, and I, I can't wait for you to see it or God damn it. Damn it. I don't even want to watch it. I don't even want to watch it. What if I see my book and, oh, my, uh, which would you prefer? I have to be honest with you. Both of those are happening simultaneously. So now you know where I'm living. Now you know what my life is like inside. I do want to say that I had a nice time at South by Southwest. I, uh, we, we did some events for the show. I did a panel on alternative comedy. I did a live WTF with, uh, with uh, Peter Sagal, uh, Nate Bargetzi, who uh, is uh, one of my favorite comics right now. Uh, I did, uh, who else was on? Harmony Kareen and James Franco. That got weird. I don't want to tip it too much. I don't want to spoil it. So I'll just say it got weird. Not a bad weird, but a, but a, a definitive type of weird. You know, J- th- those two are not easy fellas. Uh, I did see Harmony Kareen's new movie, uh, the, uh, the Spring Breakers. And, and it, you know, he's got a groove. He's got a style. He's got a, a feel. And there are a couple scenes in that movie that are mind-blowing. And James Franco was spectacular. I will say that. Unsolicited, that is. I was just fortunate I got to see the movie. But right now, uh, the conversation with Lynn Shawcroft was a long time coming. I, I'd originally approached her, and she wasn't ready to do it. Uh, she wanted me to know that it's hard for her, that uh, you know, Mitch Hedberg was her husband. She loved him, and uh, it was difficult to discuss it. But time passed, and she uh, reached out to me, and we had the conversation. I, the first time I met Mitch was probably 1992, maybe? 92? Is that possible? 92 or 93 at the uh, San Francisco Comedy Competition. We were in it together, and over the years, we'd uh, hang out together occasionally. We'd co-headline together in Seattle. Uh, you know, I spent time with, uh, with Mitch I ate meals, a couple meals with Mitch. I did a bunch of drugs with Mitch. Um, we'd run into each other here and there. I had a lot of respect for Mitch, as many of you did. He's a very funny guy, very original guy, the real deal. And we lost him. So this conversation is loaded with that, but I think we, uh, you know, Lynn and I, we did all right with it, and, uh, and I hope you appreciate it. So let's talk now to Lynn Shawcroft. Why don't I try to uh, right. ease some of your fears? 
What do you think is going on with me? What are you nervous about? I don't. Well, I have a real. I don't really under like. I'm not sure what you're perceiving. With well, you? you have a worldview. No, just in general. Okay. Okay. So just in general, I don't know what you're picking up in life. So for a while, I think I thought he you didn't pick up anything, and then I'm like, oh no, maybe he picks up everything. Like, what do you mean in 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 a, in a general sense? Yeah. Like, are you oblivious? Like, are you so locked in that you don't know? characters and humans walking around mm-hmm. or are you very aware of it mm. so i don't know and what, what's, what's the, the it wind? would be better if no one knew what was going on because then you can just exist sure the uh but then if people are perceptive maybe they can uh-huh they, so what's the the lynn shawcroft uh jury say about me what did you decide um, finally well i think before i thought maybe not oblivious but just like uh, self-involved or to, no like that doesn't well that well maybe but yeah. definitely not that but um but then I think I've heard you like say like yeah there was a guy at the airport that was doing this I'm like oh my god he knows about people what of course I know about people <laughs> I, know. I, I have a general sense you know I, I can't say I'm always right no no well no one can be yeah. because you're only looking through your eyes that you have had till now or your brain right yeah so where are you living now do you still are you up in the cabin just can I ask you a question what are we recording. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yes, I do. <laughs> you still live up there? Yeah. And I, do you commute or you just... You, you, well, well, I had an apartment here. Um, well, Mitch and I bought... Mitch Vitale and I bought that in 1999. <laughs> Mitch Vitale. Don't tell Mitch Hedberg. <laughs> That's horrible. Bought it in 1999. Yeah. I remember. I remember when, uh, yeah. sort of that time. Our mortgage was like 350 Yeah, yeah. It was really cheap. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I'm up there and then... John Dore just yeah. bought a house up there too. Oh, really? Yeah. For a nickel? Not bad. Yeah. You can get a lot for your money up there. And how far is that? Like an hour He and lives a half? more like Lake Arrowhead. You've been to Lake Arrowhead, right? Not really. I don't do the lake recreation No, cabin. but I saw once that you went up to like some Oh, yes, thing. that's true. Yeah, so yes, that's to, sort of oh. where he lives, and I live in a small town near there. It, so it's about 90 minutes. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And you just make the commute? Or? Yeah. Well, we I had an apartment for when uh, after Mitch died, I took yeah. over Bonnie McFarland's apartment, so right. I had that. And then John and I had an apartment, and then he just gave it up. So we're sort of like come back and forth. But I'm going to get a place here. So oh, good. On this street. Really, right here, right down the street. What would you think about that if someone did? That's uh, Maria lives. Uh, Bamford lives uh, yeah. like a half a mile from here. Madrigal's up, uh, uh, just up over the hill. He's uh, an Eagle Rock. I remember him. Yeah, back he's in the day Eagle Rock's come right Eagle here. Rock. It's right there. What are we in right now? Highland Park. Okay. Like sort of like Eagle Rock adjacent. You just right. go over that hill and you're in Eagle Rock. There's a few people that live out here. Yeah. So isn't that interesting that you, uh, you know, after the grief process that you end up with a Canadian? What's that? I know. About? I know. <laughs> well. You, where'd you grow up though? I grew up in Canada, but I sort of view myself as a citizen of the world. Um, okay, fine. I've shunned my Canadian. No, no, no. What I know part? It, what part? I grew up in Ontario, like yeah. kind of a suburb of Toronto, and then I grew up in England a little bit, and then I moved back to um, Canada, and then came down here. I came down here a couple times. Then when I got married, I came down here. Well, I remember. I'm trying to rem- like what, like what? Why'd you go to England? What was the uh, the? My parents were British, so this is when I was little. We, I grew up there a little bit. You put your parents were British. Mm-hmm. Well, my mom died when I was little, but but they were How from old? England. Three. Really. My first memory. Really? Yeah. How'd that happen? Um. Well, my mother had an aneurysm. Yeah. And oh my yeah, God. so <clears throat> it was really crazy. And um, the um, the ambulance went to the wrong house. But that's that's not why she died. This, but the reason this so it resonates with me is that you know, close, you know, the I, I know somebody who had almost that exact same experience when yeah. she was seven. Yeah. That her, you know, and that 
that that void. <laughs> I mean, well, yeah, it's it's a complete domino effect. Death in a family, it never ends. It resounds forever. You know, I was really young, and I have a sister who was 16 at the time, so two different total experiences. You have a, you have a sister that's 13 was years 16, older? Yes, exactly. So, you know, she had a completely different experience, but it never ends. And right. to this day, like, it affects your family completely, and it affects your viewpoint on life. Like, you, like how? Well, I'll tell the story, like... um. You know, like just the fact that dealing with Mitch's death, this is when my mother died when I was three. Yeah. And, you know, it was like traumatizing. You know, my dad had four kids. He'd moved over from England. He'd been doing great. You, you know were the I mean? only kid with your mom? No, 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 no. My mom and dad were together. This is the real family. So you were an kids. afterthought. How do you, how do you no, know? there's two in between. Okay, all right. Okay. And then, um, so when my mom died, I, I think it was like, I remember being like four or five and saying to my dad, like, is mom in heaven? Oh, yeah. And he was like, no. And I was like, is mom in hell? And he's like, no. And I'm like, oh my God, is she still alive? <laughs> <laughs> and you're hiding. And he's like, no, there's no such thing. So this is him. Exp- I don't know why he did this to like a four-year-old. But then he, his whole explanation of no heaven or hell or atheism is that he would be like, um, well, do you think cabbages or carrots go to heaven? And I was like, no. And he goes, well, humans are just cabbages and carrots that talk. <laughs> So. That, that, in your five, yes. So that that was your that father's was sort of uh, uh, appeal over. to atheism, yes, for a child. Yeah, so just comparing you to carrots and cabbages. He goes, humans were just sophisticated cabbages, really. Oh, Don't you think that's kind of sweet, really? I know, but why didn't he just go? Yeah, she is. <laughs> Because I, I, I think, I don't know, I think it might have been a more important lesson to learn. I mean, would you, so he wasn't a religious man, obviously. No, ever. no. But you had just heard probably your teacher or somebody said. Well, yeah, like even after that, it still permeates you. You still have that. Do you want to believe in heaven? Do you believe in heaven now? Did you find no, God as time? No, no. Well, you know, I think just even after that, I was like, my whole life was like picturing cabbages and fucking clouds. And it, it was a nightmare. No difference. <laughs> no, but then, um, you, you know, just how like things you absorb in society and in your schooling and stuff like that. Yeah. Kind of a religious sort of yep. someone's watching you thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then when Mitch died, it totally like you really kind of want to go that way, but you can't, you don't, and it makes you. It's like a weirder process. But would you like absolute gone person? Yeah, well, I mean, it certainly as an adult, and and imagine you like white goth the face gone. Yeah, and yeah. triggering all that stuff that you know was so young, anyways. Yeah, 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 yeah. But what uh, what did your old man do? I mean, how you my know? dad Shawcroft Travel Service? Can I help you? Really? Yeah. He's a travel agent. Yes. Yeah, that is something, but I think I still have it in, like, you know how some people I have um, music in my jeans? Yeah. I'm like, I've got travel in my jeans. Like, I would, like, I'll go on orbits all day. Oh, really? Do you, you fascinated do you have a with it? I don't know. I like it. Yeah. Is there any reason to have a travel agent anymore? No, but I'm appealing to comedians if they want to travel. Oh, you want to, you want to operate a service for to. comedians? Yeah. You just want to book their travel? Maybe, yeah. Yeah? Will you get the money up from the clubs to... <laughs> <laughs> to fly his yeah, exactly, exactly. So, okay, so he's in the travel business, and all your siblings are—they're all older now, right? Mm-hmm. And everybody's still around, and it's good. Yep, you get along they're up with in everybody. Canada. Yep. And you started doing comedy in Canada. Yep. So when you started doing comedy, I mean, who were the people that you came up with? I mean, well, I was living in Vancouver, and I waitressed at a comedy club there, and um, I don't really remember, like. Um, uh, well, Bonnie had started there. Bonnie McFarlane. Well, she was your buddy, right? She was my she, buddy, and she had worked there as a door girl previously to me waitressing, and she had started comedy. And like, really quickly, she was like 
in it. Well, I remember when she showed up in New York, everybody's yeah. like, hey, who's the hot chick yes. with the attitude from Canada? <laughs> yeah. How can we fuck her? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Bonnie, but she, you're going to like that. Yeah. She, uh, no, she was, she was always funny. Yeah, really funny. And yeah. then I remember you showed up, you started bouncing around at some point. I remember you visited. Yeah, because I think I, when I met Mitch, that when I met Mitch, it was uh, the San Francisco comedy competition in probably 1992. Oh my God, was Stanhope um, in that one? Mm, no. no, okay. I don't know. I, I I guess I'm sure they were friends, but I mean, it was 1992, and he was still. I think he was just going by one name. I think it was just Mitch. <laughs> oh, I should have right. I was going to bring you the headshot from I remember that, that era, the very long, yeah. sort of innocent. Yeah. Yeah. And it just said Mitch. He told me, that, I don't know if it was that one, like, you, I don't know if comics do, but he definitely went through the period of comedy in the beginning when that it's all you can think about, it, your heart and soul is into it. And he said he cried after that competition. Like, I think he was like, he figured out what comedy was and you don't win and stuff. And, yeah. Well, he was like- He, he was he, emotional about that. Like, he was really into it then. Yeah, I mean, he, he always was. was I yeah. think he was wearing a bandana then. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, you know, he was real sort of young and kind of, you know, Laid fresh. Back. But he made it a good run. Yeah, but that was the first time, you know, I met him. Mm-hmm. And then I'd see him around- but I mean, when did you meet him first? I mean, because like, I mean, I knew his first girlfriend. I knew Jana. Jana, yeah. Are you guys friends? Not necessarily, not, not friends, friends, but. Right. Um, but you share this grief. Yes, and, there's there's definitely yeah. this thing. And um, she's involved with Mitch's family and I'm really close to his dad and stuff. Yeah. But yeah, she's like, she's. I think she's in Africa and stuff. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. he was like, I never realized just how much of a, a road animal he Completely. was. Completely. Because I remember when yeah. I worked, the first time I worked in Indianapolis at the Comedy Connection or somewhere, there was that bar that Chicken Patty owned, the people who owned the clubs that everybody would go to afterwards. And someone just came up to me and said, there's a phone call for you. And I go to get the phone. I'm like, hello? He's like, it's Mitch. <laughs> and I'm like, what's up? He's like, I know how Indiana works. <laughs> you know, that was it. Aw. Yeah, yeah he, I think, I think looking back, what I think he started and he never really went off the road. Yeah. Like, he, he, really, I mean, he may be in little portions to work on his movie or little bits, but never really stopped. That's another question. Relentless. When do we, when, why don't you release that fucking movie, Lynn? Oh, Los Enchiladas? Yeah. The, I will. I, I, it's not like. But I, I asked you that two years ago. I know, I know, I know. But it's, it's not easy? Well, here's the thing. What? I want to release it and I didn't work on it. You know what I mean? Which is fine. And Jana still owns 20% of it. But, so I like hooked up with her and she's like whatever you need so we started but it needs music and it needs a few things so we got contacted by Shout Factory last year and I was like excellent oh so they would release it yeah as a but DVD like, it's all a weird era of okay well once you get to that part they're like well no one's buying DVDs anymore so I just want to release it trust me but then about a year or something ago this kid got it and put it online and him and I had a bit of a fight. I remember that. Yeah. I think I was involved in that somehow. I think you wrote me uh, uh, asking a question about something. I yeah, don't and what. I just, like, I didn't work on it. Like, if Mitch was here, I think he'd want to maybe edit it and put music in, but it is what it is. I'd, all I need to do is get licensed music on it and get it out and people have offered, but I'll tell you later about it later. You can do it on Netflix. It, I know, I know, I know. I the, can release it on a freaking site. I will. The people year. that don't know, uh, Mitch Hedberg did a movie. I'm trying to remember what year it was. I remember Felicia Michaels was working on yep, it. Yeah, yeah. And Mitch directed it and acted in it. Yeah. And me, Attell, Todd Berry yeah. were all in it. Who yeah. else was in it? I don't remember the second lead. He was sort um, of an odd guy. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, what other comics, though? Um, do you remember? Yeah. I remember there's a big guy that played the chef. 
Yes, I, he was like a Minneapolis, like real actor. Yeah, yeah, like a yeah. real actor. But I remember oh, we he all, must be like, you fucking bitch, get it out we, before I die. Well, we all went out there and we yeah. were excited about it. And it, it was, it's sort of a. Well, Mitch an, had gone to the Montreal Comedy Festival in 1996. Yeah. And he, like, you know, he talks, this is just sort of a couple years before I met him, met him. Yeah. And he was like, I was at that festival ready. Like, this is it. This is my thing. And he was like getting amazing. Like, yeah. that's when he was getting really good. What year? Um, 96. He got a huge deal, but 96, he was, I think he was just so like, I've worked on the road so long and he got some attention and then he got a deal from like a three arts thing. Right. So he just used that money to make a movie. He right. was like, oh, I'll make a movie then. Yeah. Well, I guess like the last time, well, when did you Oh, Brian him? Mallow. Sorry. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Brian Mallow co-wrote it. Stuff. That's right. Yeah. Mallow's yeah. in it. But then there was another guy, the guy who played the goofy guy. Don't worry about it. It's not, <laughs> it's not on you. He wasn't a stand up. I don't think. No, but he like, um, oh, Chard Hogan. Yeah. 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 But Stanhope wasn't in it. No, Stanhope wasn't in it. Um, did you? Um, um, the possum was in it. Yeah, possum. Possum is a okay. So Mitch started comedy. Basically, he left the he left home at eighteen. He you know went to L.A. He ended up in Florida. He was like, yes, beaches, girls, mm -hmm. sex, pot. Mm -hmm. And then he was like working as a kitchen chef. He was like the guy with the long hair in the kitchen. Uh -huh. But obviously like a very big dreamer and whatever. So then he started doing comedy in um, Florida. And at this time he was living with a couple of characters. This guy named Tio that he knew and this guy named that ultimately became the possum. Yeah. His name is Eddie. And um, Mitch convinced Eddie to start doing comedy. Just kind of have like some friend. And Eddie's still involved. He hasn't made any money. Yeah, yeah, well, that Mitch there's... Mitch ruined slot. Yeah, see what, he, see, what he, see what he misled him. I, that's yeah. what I think. Yeah, well, no, the, the right. guy's a grown man. He can make I know, but I still have Eddie in my life. So oh, yeah, you Yeah, you to him? inherit him. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. How many people do you inherit from Mitch? I don't know. That still wander around. <laughs> when did you meet him, though? I met him um, briefly, like, like around 97, but met him, met him in 98. He was up in Toronto doing like three weeks at a weird, at a club. Yeah. And we just started hanging out and then, yeah. Because like my uh, memory of him is that it, it was, it was sort of hard to get him to sort of look at you. Yes. And uh, it was very hard to get him to sort of uh, engage in conversation. Uh, yeah. He would sort of sum things up occasionally uh, with a couple of words. What did you take that as? Just You didn't take that as, as him being avoidance, like just maybe um, incapable of speaking? Or well, no, I... Like in like at the time, what did you think you thought? Well, in retrospect, because like there was a, a like he I, we, we shared some weird moments. Uh, <laughs> I was um, I was with him backstage before his first Letterman appearance. Oh, okay. Uh, with Becky and I think Todd, maybe it was just like the three of us uh, with him yeah. backstage, and he had you know decided to wear I think his grandfather's jacket. Is that right? Or his maybe. father's that leather jacket yeah. that had some significance to him, and then. Uh, I literally watched him, you know, just chug uh, uh, like a half pint of Jack Daniels. Oh my God, and just I, prior? Like minutes prior. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because like, he needed that, like he needed to yeah, ease it, it up. Yeah, it shouldn't have settled like after, but like just that maybe, oh right. wow, like yeah. To, like in, yeah. Like, and I guess to get that warmth. You yeah, know? yeah, just that. Yeah, right, yeah. But you know what, I think um, he always said about that first letterman, like that was like his first kind of recording where it, felt good right and he kind of burned all his like awkward that he thinks like on cable before that and like, like that's just when he was like realized oh my god you can have fun on tv but i, rem I don't remember what year that was it was before we did the comedy central it Presents. was before i met him yeah you know because did you, oh yes we, did take, the comedy central we taped the same, the same night 
or the same day like we were because i remember it wasn't the same show it might have been but i don't know i i he'd already done a couple of letterman's for that right because i'm okay so this is 98 he'd already done a couple of letterman's i met him in toronto we hung out i love you i love you Mm -hmm. and then he went back and this is really funny i like so like obviously i liked him he went back to new york and then two days later i just happened to be watching tv and he was on letterman right and he didn't tell me and i was like Yeah, so how I took his sort of, it wasn't an aloofness. I just thought he was, you know, just hypersensitive and and, and extremely kind of uh, anxious. I I thought it felt like like a really, yeah, like I think he, like I I always wonder like when people talk about him, like I wonder if people are like, I really knew him or I don't, not sure if I did. Like that's what I get from people. I don't feel like I knew him much. Yeah, like some people like, there's like a when someone dies there's like this kind of legendary thing that goes on yeah and they kind of become heightened of who they are but i just feel like you know there's very few people that actually go yeah i really really knew him but like mitch was like kind of a he had those sides to him that was like you know how would hide his face but on some levels he was one of the most confident people i've ever met in my life who knew what he wanted like so it's like you know well, he, he it seemed like he knew the life he wanted to live and, yeah. and once he figured out exact once he got some success around what he was doing yeah it became very clear that it was about him and his pen and his notebook. Yeah, and about you know, like not not a lot of alarm clocks or you right. know, he lived you like do your a, thing. you get to con- like I think you like know. a Native American. He just sort of <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> you bring your TV. Yeah, but yeah, like I think those definite things were alluring to him for sure. I mean, you know, the fact that he got married, like or me, you know, marriage like wouldn't seem that he would be. Like it, it all seemed like just I want to be like a, like a sense of freedom, uh-huh. but you know you end up doing things that ruin your freedom. You know? Yeah, so, but yeah, like I think you know, like keep moving. You know, he also had the attitude, you know, if like if I never get booked again, I can still do this. I can be on the right. road. I can do right. shows to, as much as I want, like that kind of thing. Right, and the other time we were together. Um, before I don't think you were around. No, I don't think so. Is when. We uh, we worked together in Phoenix, Arizona, and he was. We were sharing a condo, and I decided to. We I decided to buy my first wife an engagement ring. Really? Like when I decided to marry, uh, when I decided I was going to marry her. Right. How uh, old would you like? How old you have been around them? uh, I'm trying to think what year that would have been. Um, So you're playing the Phoenix Improv, and you're yeah, and he's like, and I, and I'm headlining. He's middling. Or yeah, I don't think it was a co-headling thing. I think he was definitely middling. It was yeah. probably the ninety-two or three. Yeah, when I met him, like around ninety-eight, is when he was just starting to fully headline. So. Well, it was yeah. interesting with him, and I think it sort of lasted throughout his career. You know, not you know, dr- drugs aside, that you know, before people knew him, yeah. it could go either way. It, you know, like yes. you know, either they were going to lock in, yeah. or they were not. Yeah. and and he was not. There was no second gear, right? You know? <laughs> Well, a- I remember like even later on, he like, you know, at that point, everyone's coming to see him and we went and did the show and it was all these people. And he's like, I, I don't feel like convincing people. Anymore. You know what I mean? Like you're just like you're in or not. Like I can't. Yeah. You know, so yeah. How did he propose to you? How did that unfold? Um, and what, what, what made this like? So I imagine the, the Toronto trip was, was where you really solidified your connection. Yeah. I mean, well, he, he was up there and I was like, he's amazing. And I guess he liked me. But anyway, he went home and I, like, it's like. You know, at that point, you're not really thinking. And then he called me and he's like, can I come back and hang out with you? So he came back a couple of weeks later and we hung out. So this is around Halloween 98. Yeah. And then, so we're like hanging out. And it's like, 
You but know, like, I, what was the dynamic? Because you're like a live wire. You kind of like. Well, here's the thing. I think in the beginning on. he might have thought I was like part of the hipstery. I don't were there hipsters then. Yeah. And you know, the one thing about Mitch is he wasn't kind of like a cynical person. Yeah. But, but, I don't know. Like, I think he just was like thinking we were like buddies, sort right? Of thing. But then I don't know. I guess we really connected, and then um, we. So he came back, and he was like, "Well, do you want to come to LA? Will you meet me?" In LA, and like no, like right before the Comedy Central presents, he goes, "Will you meet me at LAX at on like November this date at this terminal at this time?" And I was like, "Yeah, sure, maybe." And I did, and then that was it. We never were apart. Like I met, went and met him, and then we, um, like he did his Comedy Central presents, and then he was like, "Why don't you come on the road for me and open for me?" And I was like, "I have seven minutes. <laughs> Please don't make me do this. It was hell." But uh, how much time you got now? Eight. <laughs> I've got a really good age. But he would be like, he was, but his attitude was, look at us, we're going to take over the world. So that New Year's Eve, so the night, the night, like 89, we were at a party. Oh, he was supposed to do Letterman that night and he got bumped. And when you get bumped from Letterman, that's when you're booked to do as a comic and you get bumped. And so that's fine. That They're happens. just like, no time. Uh, yeah, exactly. They run out. And they give you your car back to your hotel. No, but they gave, because it was New Year's Eve, we got the car for the night. Oh. So then we went to a party for the guys who made the Super Troopers movie. Yeah, Broken Lizard. Yeah. But so we were just hanging out there and we were like wasted. And he's like, well, we should get married. Like, you know, like loving it. this huge party and and um oh yeah i was like yeah i gotta I guess i gotta go back to canada soon <laughs> yeah and he was like no and we just started talking like then he was like we should get married but it has to be like paul mccartney and linda mccartney we can't be apart and i was like all right that's what he said yeah interesting i know so where'd you get married we got married in san francisco so he just was like you're you're this is it you're never yeah. leaving my sight well not like in that gross. No, like, no, but no, just no, sort no, of no. like, I mean, I mean, yeah, like, we are this one. is this. This we is are, our thing. We are I think, one. And, you know, like, I think his eye, like, his things was like, I think he, you know, like, this could work. You're creative. Like, we could do this great thing. Like, you, we can work together. And, when, and did that happen? Sort of. But I I have so many looking back, like, I was an idiot. Like, I think I have felt weird about opening for him and i have a lot more self-doubt and weirdness and it's then, a tough place to be because you're is. sort of saying well i'm you know my comedy is this and i'm gonna live in the shadow of this guy yeah and that i mitch used to talk about that too he's like you're not meant to be living with someone stealing light like and i was like but that's not how i view things i think i just was i don't know i think just the way our marriage was working <laughs> and you know he had just broken up with a girlfriend and we didn't tell anybody we were married for six months where'd you get married at city hall City Hall in San Francisco. No one was there but you two? Who were yeah, the witnesses? No witnesses. Oh, really? Yeah. But it happened? Yes. <laughs> Why San Francisco? I think we were, just, oh, we were just working at the punchline. Uh-huh. Yeah. And that, but it's a nice city to do that yeah. in. Well, what was the process? How did he envision you guys working together? Well, I mean, I think, you know, he was, where he was at that point was, I think he got his style. We were going on the road. Like, you could tell, like, oh, there was a table over there that knows you. And then yeah. it was just growing. It was kind right. of growing. And right. He was like selling out in clubs like pretty much at that time. And I think he just was like, you know, you know, the road. It's like it's, you know, like in your 20s and, he, you know, early 20s, you have so much fun and like you're constantly trying to find pussy the whole yeah. time. And then like, you know, it's, it can be lonely and weird. And then to find someone that can work with you that you care about. I think that's what he liked. Yeah. I mean, part of it, you know what I mean? And then we bought a house and stuff. In, in Big Bear. Yeah. Well, we had the we had the same manager for years. Yeah. And um, 
what was the process like you know it, i know you've released what did you release did you release a posthumous cd yeah i released a cd um so mitch put out two cds comedy central records yeah. and then there was some audio taken from ontario improv about maybe a month before he died and like and it's it was really hard to put it together because like I think people listen to CDs and when you're recording a CD, it's all perfect anyway. So I was just, I didn't really think about releasing it or having it. I just knew I, I have all this stuff anyway. I have tons of video. I have a concert film on film that I'm releasing stuff. But anyway, at that time I was like, I could do it, but I didn't realize like, you know, he still owed a record to Comedy Central, which was weird. Yeah. If, if I released something. You had to give it to them. Yeah, which right. I was like, but whatever. Yeah. So that sort of happened, and yeah, yeah. and, and now, it was just, and it was probably like he would have done another CD within that year or so if he, you know. And what didn't was there a notebooks too? Did you? No, there, I didn't really say. I have lots, tons of notebooks. And what stuff. was his like? What was his process? Was he just an impulsive guy who would just write things down, and that was the whole process, or was? Well, I any? think at the beginning he when he like so he was a cook, and then he got into comedy, and then he really got into comedy. I think that's when he would sit and go to like. Like I explained the thing, like he would go to places like he would go right at like a brightly lit Target cafeteria. Cause, like there's nothing more awkward than bright lights to him. Like you know, uh-huh. that fucking thing. So just weird. So that's things. how he made himself uncomfortable. Yeah, or? uncomfortable a little bit. Or you know, he he really got into writing. So I think this is before you know he really got into his style. So he wrote for many years and was on the road for other years. You know, didn't have any money, mm-hmm. but I think he loved it. And he I he said. You know, when other people were worrying about money, he never really did. He's like, that's going to come. I have to. Like, it's all about writing the joke. So he never really, like, thought of T-shirts. So he wrote, wrote. And then by the, um, you know, during the years I knew him, I think he knew how to write for himself. Right. And I remember after a while kind of noticing, like, he would write in these, like, almost, like, 12 joke phrase phases. Like, you wouldn't see anything and you'd have good shows and the show would go really, he'd, d- he'd like do a shitty show and I'd be like, why didn't you do fucking Dufresne? Yeah. Like I'm like, do Dufresne. Yeah. And he's like, no, you can't all, like you have to kind of like have those shows that are ridiculous. You know the, what I mean? The the ones where you just tank it. Yeah. and it, But I would like have a heart attack. I'd be like, Target, you know, and he never. It, and it, so he would have those shows, and then, then all of a sudden, like there'd be four new perfectly crap. Like they'd kind of be awkward, and then they'd be perfect all of a sudden. It's almost like he, like you know how long, like tw- his jokes for like a Letterman set would be like eight jokes. Like all yeah. of a sudden, then that that would appear, and right. then that would be a part of it, and it would sort of move along. Yeah, but he, but because he never went off the road. Yeah. There's so many things like he never went off the road, so he couldn't really. He never really got rid of stuff to like start all over. Even when he put out a CD, and then people were yelling out his Old jokes bit. all the time. They wanted it. It was like a weird thing. Well, I think that the like I think he really took off when um, when that Comedy Central presents. I think that's what mm-hmm. turned it. And you and, could tell what happened after that. Like what, it was subtle, but you could see. Like we didn't, we weren't looking on the internet, but you could go. You would go to a club. You're like, oh yeah, Houston. Oh my god, those people know. Yeah, because yeah, the kids took it. to him. Because I remember, I I was there for that set, and like in the room, it was, uh, I remember it was a bad there. set. Yes. And like, uh, you know, he sat down. Like when he, he sat he was down, so disappointed. Right when he, he sat down sad. on the stage, yeah. he was like, I'm fucking done. And that was like when, like you know, when ever you know. Everything always, but like everything meant so, so much. Yeah, you know what I mean. You're yeah. like, I remember him saying like on stage, and there's a video of it, it's like this is not, my not so special special baby, and he was like he was sad. Right. Well, because like, well, that's it. 
Yeah. No, but that that's what that's what did it though. You think? Yeah. No, I think that the kids, you know, primarily, you know, the the kind of sensitive thinking, you know, I think that the, you know, 15 to 25 right. year olds were like yeah. this dude's out there, <laughs> yeah. but you know, he's endearing and he's yeah. got this childlike sensibility yeah. and it, it was it was it, you know, you definitely got the thing he was doing. Right. Well, they well, when they aired it, they definitely sweetened it and right. it ended up being great and like years later he was like, "Oh my god, that was like whatever." But I remember him being him being really heartbroken after that. But like, I think that's what really turned it. So well, now Yeah, you're like is the, I the I thing remember, about him and his jokes he doesn't really ex- explain himself too much he is in his jokes and he hides himself a little bit but i think the audience always had that weird connection with him like something tender right no yeah. i think that's right yeah. and but but what you know you say he hides himself or like but like but, what what is it that like on it you know on a given day i mean if you guys were traveling i mean what was some of the things that mitch was like had to have you know outside of anything you know, to get high with, but like food and that kind of stuff. Mexican food. Like it was normal. Like we would go to Target and buy towels and <laughs> on the well, road. Okay, they, yeah, no, like, okay, this is how, like, okay. So remember the story, like I met him at the airport. Yeah. This is where it's written. And I'm like, sort of like, you know, in love and he's really interesting. So we get to the airport and we go to rent a car and he already has like one of those national Emerald Isle cards. Yeah. And I was like, how, Yeah. how do you know? Like I get, so yeah, here is this kind of like, ethereal thing like this yeah. hippie sexual yeah and then i'm like he had all his cards for you knew the amtrak number and the routes off of it you know what i mean like that a really he lived out there wrote, yes it was his life so he was like really yeah he had i was like what do you mean he goes yeah the emerald Isle. i thought you just hitchhiked or you yes, just i don't know it. exactly do you not pop up <laughs> and but he knew all of it uh-huh. like he and the sense of like he you know and being marital mike got to go to like nashville eight times like you know you get to like really see america but he instinct see that's the thing maybe it was the travel agent in him that I was attracted to. <laughs> that said, I figured it you out. Just figured it out. But like that, he'd be like he'd know where every like holiday your, your, it your, was. Your daddy issues are are travel related. Yeah, just. I don't. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, oh my god, that's it. Yeah, that said, I knew I was in love when he knew like one eight hundred US Airways. Yeah, but you know what I mean. Like he was this person, and then yeah. you just—it's a real person that you, yeah, hang out with. Well, you know. I, you know, when I saw you guys, when we co-headlined up there in um, Seattle. Did you do that twice? No. Oh, okay. Did, I don't, I barely survived the first one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> was that a festival or is it just a thing Comedy Central did a show for you? No, I think it was the first uh, sort of Seattle comedy, fe- I don't remember, it was, and it, was, it was an event and there were other events. It might have right. been the first Seattle comedy festival and maybe it was something they didn't do again, but Mitch and I were co-headlining. Right. And, uh, you know, I was still using drugs at yes. that time. And I remember that. <laughs> what? No, I'm just listening. <laughs> Look, anything that you want out of this, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. Do sa- I get Final Cut Pro? Yes, I'm not gonna sandbag you. No, I know. I know. But you, you know, there's. But you have to understand. Like, I'm like, so excited to be here, but you know, there. You, when someone dies, the things that go through your brain just to survive, mm. like you, it's anyway. Just well, no, I, I'm not. Yeah. I'm not no, looking no, no, to I'm indict good, anybody. Okay. But like, but, when, okay, so we're, yeah, we were in Seattle. Well, and I, I remember. Did, well, I remember. Well, you don't remember? Oh, I totally remember. Well, oh, I remember God. that I sort didn't of. have any drugs, and, and you wanted some drugs. C. Yeah, I want some blow, <laughs> and uh, you know, yeah. and and Mitch was like, you know, oh yeah, we're all set, and, right? And there was just like a lot of shit in the room, but yes. like the one thing that I, I had no idea the level of his drug use. 
Well, when you say his, it's yours also, too. Of course. Yeah, I yeah. know. I, yeah, but yeah. I. But you're sitting right here. So no, no, you, no. So that's what's hard. Like when you talk about that, it's talking about. But yeah, no, you, you guys, know, you, don't, you, you guys were you were in deep. Yeah. Yeah. Completely in something that you can't get out of in it. Well, you can, but um, that. Like when I was saying earlier, like, you know, his whole life was about not finding a ball and chain, probably like wanting to go on the road, being able to buy things when he wants. You know, he didn't want to wait a year for a vacation. Then you get involved in a drug that becomes your complete ball and Heroin. chain. Heroin. Yeah. Yeah. Let's call it H. Okay, fine. <laughs> H. <laughs> well, the, well, so the, yeah. well, the interesting thing was like, you know, I'd not really done a lot of it. I then- remember when he put that out, I was furious. You were mad? I was furious. Yeah. Why? Because I think I have, I was. I was that nervous, shameful person. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, which I think was so detrimental to us. Like, I was more like, don't, 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 you yeah, know? yeah, yeah. Keep it cool. Keep it cool. Yeah, which is which in the end was bad. Well, what, what happened with me is that he pulled out the tar, you yeah. know, and I, you know, I I've seen it before, and I was smoking it. I, but it never comes up. Like, who? Where do you get heroin? Like, up well, until that, that happened, it. I was like, who? Where the fuck do you get that shit? Yeah. Well, you don't know where he got well, it. Well, no, I didn't. I do now. But leading up to that, like, you know, people think. I always thought it was like, you know what I mean? Like before you are introduced to heroin, like you're like, it is so far off the radar. Well, yeah, because all the it's other like drugs the are around and socially yeah, acceptable. And pots everywhere. Right, and, and they even that. blow a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But like heroin was like another class. It's a whole different the, thing and like, no one, like you're never at a Well, party. where did you first come in contact with I'm it? I'm trying to think. Like when were you introduced oh, yeah. to it? yeah, well, in New York, Mitch had um, a friend that had some. I remember that guy. It was guy. kind of like in a hip street. The, like guy, a, the guy who looked like Chris, who had a goatee. Yeah. I remember that yeah. guy. Because, like, you know, the thing with me was, and the thing that, you know, that I started to understand about Mitch was, you know, when I was younger and I was working at the comedy store, there are people, when when you are, are in the drug world, mm-hmm. and, and it's a known thing, especially if you're a celebrity or somebody who right. gets on stage, there's always a guy or two that's going to show up with the shit. Yes. And you cannot there there anywhere the anywhere you go yeah, yeah yeah they're the worst but I could never quite understand what they thought they were doing it, did it make them I know closer? like do they know that they're supposed to do that like is that just like a weird like there's someone that parks the car like how do they know they know that they're that guy well, well I think wondered. they're they're usually addicts but I think that yeah. they, it's a proximity to, getting, to the guy who's like going on sti- right yes. and they, but they they're part of it. And well, I yeah. think on some level they think they're helping alongside of bringing you down to their level. It's a complicated thing. It is a complicated thing because they are providing a service. Like, I mean, if you're abandoned and you just want drugs, like, sure. you need someone. You're not going to get it from so Kmart. So so Mitch, no. was there, when you met him, he was already into it a bit. Not, yeah, very, like, it was in New York a little bit right. of... Yeah, um, yeah, the snort and the white stuff. That, yeah, yeah, but very little bit. And I remember him telling me, and I was like, completely... What are you talking? What does yeah. that mean? So, but he, that guy, he had grown up in Minneapolis with him, so it was oh. like he was getting—he was like working in a Lower East Side bar. Sure, sure. It wasn't like, um, and there was a lot around then. Yeah, it was yeah, a lot around that, like Lower East Side, that like China White shit, totally yeah. like bartenders that yeah, kind of yeah. thing. Everyone was sort of snorting it out of the dime bags. A then. little, yeah, exactly, right. exactly, right. And at that time when I met Mitch, he was living at the Chelsea Hotel, and like him and Jen had broken up, and he was kind of just doing his own thing. And I met him, and so. Mitch sort of was involved in that, but he was going on the road and coming back. So that was just a kind of like... That's right, he was living at the Chelsea, but he was barely ever in New York. Yes, yeah. So when I met him and then we got married, we were at the Chelsea Hotel for a while and um, then, but we were never there. And I remember like, I didn't really understand New York. I'm like, how are you paying $2,200 a month and you're never there? But it was perfect. But anyway, we ended up moving out there when we got married with this other couple on the Lori side and we never went there. Oh really? Yeah. You moved in with another couple. Yeah. Were they dope fiends? 
Yeah. Sort of. But yeah. But we but it was a really nice apartment. But then time one time we came home and they had all these like druggies on the thing and they'd used our quarters and we got really mad. They that. used your what? Our quarters from our jar. And <laughs> Mitch buy, was like that's to buy it. dope. Or whatever, yeah. <laughs> he was like, That's it. They took our quarters. <laughs> yeah. So now, by the, so I'm I, okay, I'm, but no. So that was like '99 when he was at the Chelsea, right? Yeah, and he was at the Chelsea and going on the road, and we got married in February '99, and just we were touring. And because yeah. by the time I saw you in Seattle, I mean, you know, what there era were, was that? What year? Yeah, '98. Like no, it must have been after '99, '98 or '99, because I sobered up in '99. It was shortly after oh, that. Sh- oh. Right? Really? Was it the turning point? It definitely was. For sure, yeah. That that was, and yeah, because- Did you drink very much? Sure. Oh, yeah, okay. I did whatever was right. necessary, but sure. it's just, it's a spiral. But I remember, because <laughs> I was up, we were up for like three days. No. Two, at least. Really? Sure. Because I, you know what I remember? Oh my God. I remember God. sitting in that room I with remember sitting across from you being like, I'm, so, yeah. Yeah, but you both were sitting on the bed and my oh, bloody God. Valentine was on and you guys were just rocking oh, your heads God. and on the bed and I was just sitting there and I'm like, I get it. I get this. <laughs> I would see that. And then, but like, I didn't know, like my question is, and I, you know, and, and you don't have to answer it. I mean, you guys kept going into the bathroom. I mean, you know, we're- Well, there was a phase, probably, I don't know, because- When no, did he start, when did he start banging it? Um, maybe a few years later. Yeah. Yeah. Same, you know. Yeah, you too. Sure. It was just a matter of time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but it's I mean, awful. It's like, yeah. Well, the, like, because but that's- I, you can have to say I don't know. Well, no, no, you look course, great. And yeah. like, I'm not, you know, I'm not- No, looking... I don't think so. No, I'm just talking about like- Yeah. I'm, and I'm... you know, as Mitch used to say, like, I think I was so wrapped up in knowing I- Okay, so we're obviously talking about doing drugs and- um we were successful but um it was obviously brings you down and i I knew i was with someone special and amazing and so i was always in turmoil like guilt shame yeah um because you couldn't get out of it and we couldn't get out of it and we were on the road and it just kept running and you know i think mitch was a more open person he would have been more open to talk but i was more like and yeah and also i think when you do drugs as a couple you i think just the way mitch romanticized our relationship too like us like it brings you into this us and it's mm-hmm. our thing you know mm-hmm. what i mean and yeah and, you know for a while you can do whatever you want and you work really hard and you can buy a house and you yeah. can tour and right you weren't losing everything no. but you were locked into it yeah and i just it it would make it my was always like you know, growing up when I thought of someone who would do a drug like that, you, it's even hard to say. I don't know why. Heron, but like, you know, to me, it was like so far beyond. Like I thought you, like I was telling this story when I was like You had a lot 13. of shame around it because it, it was, yeah, because heroin's a big like, deal. My whole, whenever I get in a relationship, my whole thing is like, I would never want to hurt someone creative. Like right. I'm almost to like, to the point of like, don't ever make me tell you what to do because I don't want to affect any. Like I have a real thing well, like the, that. Well, and then you and like don't make me into a nag. Like all these things right. that make you into a person you don't want to be. Despite even the drugs, like having to get angry and upset. Like yeah. or well, you're both sort of helpless, and you know, you the only person you have to blame in your in your darkest moments is the person you're with. Yeah, or yourself. <laughs> right, or right. I, you know, I take on I take on so much guilt and and um like I always take on the like I'm the bad person. Yeah, like I just have that in my head, and then to go through something like that with someone, it's like awful. I hate it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think that like. In, in his de, not not even defense but I mean out of all the drugs you know look you know, you okay. know rock stars and artists and everything I mean yeah. this is not an unusual story no of course especially not, yeah. with and somebody and always thought he knew what he was doing like well, you yeah. know when I say like he was one of the most confident people I've ever met he 
like the way he ended up being good at what he does and you know maybe this talented person was he didn't listen to other people right so he took that as like i know what i'm doing right until well, i don't know what I'm doing. like as but out of all the do drugs you know I mean? yeah i do know what you mean but i mean out of all the drugs i could see how some of mitch's creativity like because you know heroin really turns off the noise and if anything is gonna yeah you know, if anything's going to give you a sort of infantile appreciation and and uh, in in your ability yeah, to you don't see have the anxiety. world, yeah, you know that you know everything becomes very uncluttered. Sure, and and uh, I don't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't. But it's say. also chaos. Like the thing, that's the thing about that drug. It's like you're right. If it could just be a normal supply, and you're just cruising around with an IV like, unit, yes, and just, just rolling like, around your hair. Fine, like that would be all right. But all the things that to get it, like because we only had one person to get, it. I have to fly to get it. It's like, oh really? He had to fly cross country to I, score. Yeah, and, so oh, you really did. Ridiculous. <laughs> Endless. And there's a panic because you're sick. It's awful. And you're yes. I can't even imagine that. You're just crawling up the walls. It's and a you're, fucking you're out of play. Uh, it's awful. And you know you just can't go to anybody after show. Do, do you have yeah, yeah, yeah that? Well, yeah, but like I mean, did you did you ever like pot? I hated it. No, no, it yeah, I like so pot. Yeah, I, I liked pot. You know, and I, you know, fortunately, you know, the heroin experiences I had, you know, on the Lower East Side around that time. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, you right. all around a little bit. Well, yeah, because it was like ninety. When was I there? Well, I was there in eighty nine through ninety two, so it was really around. Right. And like I lived right next door to. A, a doorway where they sold really good shit. I could tell because there was always a line outside the door. Like, oh my god, yeah. And it, you know they had point guys on the street, and uh, I was sober at that time. The first, like, the first time around, I got sober, and I kept thinking, like, who the fuck would do that? Look at these people; they look horrible. Yeah. But eventually, I went in there and I bought some. And Aren't I, you scared? Yeah, I was scared not of buying it, but I, you know, I knew I wasn't going to shoot it. No, but, no, no. But, no. I, but needed... I mean, yeah, buying it to me is the scare. Like, well, I mean, I would... clearly it was yeah. my neighbor. And, yeah. <laughs> and they seem to have an operation in right. place. But you know, so I I went there and I bought some, and I went to I went back to my uh, my apartment right next door by yeah. myself, and I snorted. I didn't know how to Did you uh, do smoke the whole thing? it. No, I you know I knew enough they, to be careful. Because what happened back then is these little it's I don't know they, they come in these little ten dollar and there's like a tiny little bit. Well, wax and it's paper, not like snorting coke. It's no, like, no, it's ugh. a wax paper bindle, and it usually yeah. was called something like Tango and Cash or you know <laughs> yeah. or or, or uh, Death X-factor? or yeah no, whatever. No. Yeah, yeah, sure, anything. Pre X Factor, X Factor. So yeah. I remember snorting it, and then like. I remember my face getting itchy, yes. and then I started to sweat, and then I threw up, That's and then right. I passed out, yeah. and then I got up, and I went, I remember, I did it like three or four times there, you know, and it, I'm so happy. It so didn't, you were kind of like- It didn't stick. It, yes. was, it wasn't my bag. I yeah. like to go up, not down. Right. So it wasn't appealing to me. Right. But I do remember like doing it one night and going to the comedy cellar and then starting to nod, yeah. and I was downstairs, uh, you know, and it was a, it was a week night, right. and I was sweating and I couldn't keep my head up, right. and like I was like, I got, I think I'm sick. Whoever was asking me, but then I ended up driving Atel and Louis uptown to the Improv because right. I had a car right. and I was nodding, and I feel bad about that. Like I yes. made it, and, I, and they didn't know what was going no. on, but it was a you had it was, two human lives, yeah, a yeah. future, two future. Two huge comedy oh stars Tom's in my car, and I'm sweating. You could have changed you know. comedy. I, I, it would have been horrible. No oh, one would have known. That would have been retro. awful. Yeah, but but nonetheless, you, you know, I definitely was, you know, a drug. It takes person. work to get it. Like that's one another thing about heroin. It's like I'm like have like. I singularly wouldn't have the ambition. You have to have a weird, fucked up ambition to fucking get into that shit because it takes work. Like you, but have but, to, but once you're into intent. that point, you know, you you don't want. No, but you, if you're in the beginning and you can deal with it and you can't have it, like, everyone starts that live. way. Yeah, but it's like takes. To me, it's like I don't have that kind of get up and go to be a junkie. Like, when naturally. did you know you guys were getting strung out though? Um, 
I mean, when was it around the needle time or before? Um, I think it all like to me the minute you took it, I knew and enjoyed it, and then kept doing it. I knew that was, yeah, that was not it. the yeah. greatest thing. I yeah. just knew, like I hate it. Like I every it's like a weird pro, like self fulfilling prophecy. Like something that you love, like it's a person that you love so much that you know is like amazing. So you don't even want to use anything again about you to like change or taint that person and then you're doing something with them that brings you down like but you and neither one you can stop basically oh yeah even. we tried to stop lots of times but like it was like you know what it was it's like i you know you looking back now like we were just never got off the road and it would be like we need to like let's let's get off and deal with this yeah and it'd be like one more month working like so I don't know. were there scenes in hotel rooms where you're both screaming and crying and junk sick and like you know something um, has to be done totally screaming and crying but not like all like climbing walls and stuff like right. yeah like you know, like there's times when stop. you run out. We yeah. gotta stop. It's over. Yeah, yeah for sure. <laughs> Baby. Oh, man. How was it affecting Ugh. his performances? Because I know that towards, you know, the end that there were. You, you there's know. a lot of things that could affect his performances, too. Like, um, I think beyond even that, we were just so exhausted from working. Like the year before he died, like we would do. Like, that's when we would go into improvs and do seven shows, three shows Saturday, like every week. And then in between that, we do college. It was relentless. Yeah. I was starting to be like, I can't. Yeah. I'm, I'm done. Like, yeah. all, doing that completely healthy right. would be hard. Right. But I was like starting to be like, I can't do it anymore. But like yeah. there was like I, in that exhaustion, again, not unusual for, you know, for a performer of his caliber and, yep. and working as much as he yep. was it, like the story, you know, sadly is 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 not, you um, know, it's not unique. Right. Oh, of course not. And, no, no, and, no, 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 no. You I know, understand that. Yeah. You know, and, and I, you know, I'm not trying to, to frame it in any way because, you know, he obviously was a genius and a great comic and, and people loved him. Yeah. And you, you know, I just I remember talking. You know, they were too hard, and then like too, yeah. And the, but you, there was no like breaking, stepping back for like a few months and going, okay, well, why don't we go to LA and do sets? Or do, like it was just like was rehab ever tried. a question? Yes, one time we went to one together in <laughs> together. You guys you just mean, don't worry about it. <laughs> no, whatever. We're gonna hate me. Like I just already no, feel like a monster. Why? Because I do like. You, it I was not. It was out of your control. No, I don't yeah. think anybody hates you. I think if anything, like, why do you think people hate you? Do you think well, people you blame you? you feel, no, you feel like I remember, like a couple of years after Mitch died, like you feel so bad inside that you think, like you think uh, outwardly, you, res you resemble or represent like um like a creature from the black lagoon kind of thing so yeah. you just have this like you're so oh because you you sad and like so regretful and oh just because of the grief yeah and the, yeah, like yeah over a human being like you know like even beyond drugs like the, the mistakes you made like that's just one element of like being in a marriage that oh, yeah. your husband dies you know right. what i mean like it's like but was not, i like how old I'm was sure he I was, not at 30 what was he, he? Was 37 yeah. but he, like you know he like you feel like um like, did you feel like people were judging you uh, around the death? You know, oh, like, of course, because people always want to blame of somebody. Of course, yeah. I mean, but you're you're just trying to survive at that point. Like, yeah. When he died, I was like, I gotta get a lobotomy. Yeah. Like, you gotta I, get off like, the dope. I did. Like two yeah. weeks later, <laughs> Dave Becky just drove me. Did he? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Where? You, oh, you went to a, a place? Yeah. Oh, good. Which is like you're can't even think, and then you're like, now I, I thought I was gonna have to go and like, like be sick and i'm like i'll kill myself like your brain you know oh yeah, I mean? yeah, like, yeah i'm not this isn't gonna work but yeah. it was great yeah yeah how long were you in for a month yeah oh good man yeah. it was it was kind of neat because in a weird way you 
even escaped the reality of everything. You're just in that world. And then like knowing, because I knew I had to be strong to even deal with this. Yeah. Like I had to like, otherwise. Just to deal with what was going to come at you that. post the death. Yeah, yeah. I knew yeah. that was going to happen. Yeah. So I had to like, it was kind of like, I thought it was going to be the worst thing, but it ended up being good. Yeah. Yeah. Because you're like dealing with like grief and sure. everything, you need strength. Otherwise, you'll lose your mind. Well, yeah, you were dealing with a lot. You were dealing with a, a hell of a monkey on your back and a dead uh, uh, yeah. love of your life. Yeah. Because I and remember- And the only person that you yeah. can ever talk about it is him. Like the only person yeah, that I you can were go so bitch, do you understand? Yeah. Like, yeah. Right. Is like gone. And never mind that like you've been attached to the hip for six yeah. years. You can't, it's like, it was awful, but it was- it, like it's weird what you can survive, don't you think? Oh yeah, people were built for it. It's I know, a, I know. A, I think your brain like of grows trees. And of stuff. course. Oh, absolutely. But I thought it was like I thought I was gonna have to get as part of my brain cut out, like just so you wouldn't mitch. feel the pain of it all, or just remember it, just continue on. Oh, just like, get it erased, like, like eternal, eternal sunshine. Yes, I was trauma. like, is that real? Can well, we get it? I remember when I saw you guys at the improv once before the the incident in Texas. Like I I knew like just from being there something with him. Well, he just looked bad, mm-hmm. and and you know he had you know it, like the, the skin and you know his you know his, his was not holding on yeah, his yeah, body yeah. very well, yeah. and I think he must have been sort of whatever you guys were doing with that gangrenous leg. I don't know what you were doing, uh, but uh, no. you know, I assume that you were like it'll go away. But I, <laughs> I don't really want to talk about. That. Oh, you don't? No. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Did uh, yeah. but like I what what I was gonna say was that when whenever that shit hit the fan. You know, I remember talking to Becky. I remember saying, "Look, dude, I'll fly out there and try to 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 do the rap on him." Right, 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 right. You know, I'll go to the hospital and try to, you know, because yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. When you almost lose a leg, that's a that's a sign right, right, yeah. that maybe it's time to stop. Right, 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 right. <laughs> but that wasn't the time, I guess. Well, it's more complicated than you think. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah, like. To me, that, you know, like when you get arrested and you go to a hospital for something, to me it was like the cat's out the bag now. Yeah. It's all out. So that was like almost like in a way like, and we're off the road. We're off the fucking road finally. It was a relief in I a was way. Like, oh, and yeah, like we're off the road. Somebody, like, I it, was like- An external force stopped the momentum. I never saw our life momentum. changing for a while. And I feel like I'm saying like our life was this constant hell. Like, I mean, we like traveled and did amazing things. Like, And you did you great know, comedy. The guy yeah, was, you know- Yeah, and we like- when like we bought a motorhome and would camp and have like you know did interesting things, but it was like almost like the cat like I could like so there's part I of could you. face the fact that people would know that I was a bad person for doing this drug or something, so you, you know what I mean like it was like finally and it was like a relief and then yeah we went on. what was amazing to me though was that you know the the comedy community was was very willing to insulate him. Right. You know, that, well, that, he was like actually bad. Like, so okay, so this is what happened. We were in Austin. We we got arrested at the airport, or he did, and then he went in jail, and I hung out, and then he had an injury and went to the hospital, so um or like a infection, yeah. and then um what happened was it just it was just us, and then it started building, and I remember him saying like there was like all these Austin comments that came in his room, and and he was like those aren't my friends because they told people. I go, but do you understand like when you have information like that, you tell people, he goes, I wouldn't, so right, fuck all y'all, right. Right, yeah, and and people did keep it quiet. You, you Are know. you really? Well, I'm saying. Are that, you kidding? Well, I'm saying within His phone the phone is ringing off within. 20 but within months. the community, oh. well, yeah, like, <laughs> it's in the community, but it's not like the internet now. Like, <clears throat> you know what I mean? Like, 
After that, we went on the road with David Tell and um, Louis Black, and and uh, a writer, a journalism came, and of course knew about it and stuff like that. But it wasn't like blogging then, you know what I mean? Like it's like it wouldn't have been a complete like it would have been Twitterish now. Yeah, Twitter-ish. I know, but I think that speaks a lot to yeah. to Mitch for both for better and for worse. Is yeah. that you know he was like you know these guys ratted me out, and but and I <clears throat> I and all the I always said it's not ratting out. You know what it was, but he's like still. it was concern. And yeah, gossip. of course, yeah, of course. That, yes. you know, and, and, and enough of us know from, you know, being involved with drugs ourselves or knowing people that are involved in drugs is that, you know, what's talking there is the drugs. Of course. It's not, yeah, yeah. It's not the, the person that right, you right, love. Right, 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 It's yeah. the need to continue to do drugs. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't think well, anyone And in would... him, the need to continue to fucking do comedy. Right. Now, I don't know what I'm talking about. You do absolutely know what you're yeah. talking about, and and I and I and I think that what's great about the conversation we're having is that for me, you, you know, anyone who has been involved with drugs knows that you know if two people are involved in it, it's it's them. It's not one person. You know, no one's dragging the well, other person along. I don't think I would. I would. I'm not a forceful person. Like I don't. No, you were just. Thing, you loved. Just you loved like each other, and you were. If you didn't. If he didn't love me, or it's. I don't know. Like I think. You know, when you first meet someone, there's almost a drug released anyway. Yeah, love absolutely. And it's sexual, and yeah. <clears throat> then you start doing something, and like, like you said, go in the bathroom. Like you're going through a phase where you're like going to the bathroom having sex all the time, and yeah, like yeah, yeah, it's yeah. that. Yeah. And. Doesn't everyone talk about that moment to capture? And I think in a weird way, like, you know, Mitch could have romanticized doing a sure. drug like that with someone you love. Like, this is we ask forever. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, and a, you're like, yeah, but we got to go buy toilet paper. <laughs> um, our roof. Uh, we uh, we got to get a roof fence. Yeah, you know we, what I mean? And you do. We, we need yeah. a sandwich. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and, you know, like his family and stuff, you know. His family could have hated me, like just as a part of like fuck that woman. But you know, Mitch's mom passed away this year. Yeah. But um, I'm so close with his dad. I'm so happy about that and stuff. And they're lovely and that's great. They dealt with it. Yeah, it's amazing. It, you know, it's like it's, he's my family. Yeah, it's yeah. nice that you know that 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 blame wasn't laid on anybody. No, because like I I felt resentful towards them too for different reasons. Because mm-hmm. I think sometimes part of Mitch, the reason he liked to do drugs or something secretive, is just let me keep one part of myself away from my right. mom. This like is you mine. know, like sure. he loved his family very yeah, much. Yeah. His mother was very you know like yeah. a like over the count shoulder worrying right and mitch was always looking for that vibe of life like who cares yeah so i think that sort of pushed him in that direction so i but i mean these are all things i'd create as far as resentment but sure like then and yeah and we just love you well the, that one moment that i remember was like you know after when we were in seattle like you know i was, i remember just looking at you like Gee. yeah but i remember checking out and i hadn't swept oh. and i was waiting online to check out and i was sweating and i had to go outside i threw up in a planter and then like i got into this cab. where did you have to fly to Back to New York, right? So I got into this cab, and I just remember I was pulling out of the driveway of the of the hotel, and Mitch was walking with Subway sandwiches toward, towards the hotel, and he just looked at me, and I looked at him. I was like, "Bye, hey, see you later." <laughs> I can wash this off. Yeah, well, yeah. no, but I remember because I, I I had a good I had a window seat, and I'm like, "This will be good," because you know I don't remember. You remember Kim, my first wife? I don't know. Well, I'm flying home, and she and so I'm. You supposed- had you been engaged at that point? You back to the story of you in Phoenix. You were getting engagement ring. I think I was. We were married by that oh, point. Oh, okay, okay. You know, by yeah. the time I was in Seattle, yeah. but she didn't know about my drug use. At so, all? Well, she knew I was like, in recovery. You know you I was in and out. No, no, oh, no, no, oh. no. I mean, I already, I was in rehab in 88. So, like, anything after that. Like a real deal, like, go in? Yeah, for a month uh, after I left LA the first right. time. You know, I was, you know, I was seeing demons and I need. 
hit that's me. That's right. Hearing you went into cocaine. Right, madness. cocaine. Yeah. So, uh, so like, I was like, good, man. I'll be able to sweep this off on the plane. I'll sweat it out. Right. And then, like, I remember that flight because there was a woman right next to me who was overweight, taking up too many, too much room, <laughs> and she had a horrible cough. She had oh. a cold. So I couldn't get any fucking sleep. And I remember just getting home after that weekend with you guys and getting home, and I'm like, I got the flu, you know, and just fucking laying it's out. always the flu. And, <laughs> what else is it I know, be? I know, I know. It's like the perfect flu. To it's it. the flu. Yeah. Well, because I remember, okay, so, but here's the thing. I also remember... I remember being in Seattle. There was there was maybe a little bit of a festival one time. No, that so was, was it. Two, so that was okay. So yeah, and you, and Mitch, co-headlined, and it was at that Paramount Theater, and it was good. And I remember the first time I met you, and Mitch loved, like, really loved you. Like he was into you. Yeah. And like he loved you. He loved Stanhope. He loved to tell. Like he and I was always like, I don't get that Marin thing. Yeah. But, but. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I don't yeah. see it. But. Well, you. Know, uh, but happened. no, he really loved you. Like you yeah. know, I me, mean? like definitely the same time in yeah. your book. And, and um, but you wouldn't know with Mitch. So I think. Well, I felt it. <laughs> so yeah, I went I where he went on stage, and I go, I said, "Hey, I'm Lynn." I go, "Mitch really loves you," and you were like, "Yeah, I buying what he's saying." Like, kind of thing. I was just so worried that he was going to bury me. <laughs> no, but you were like, no, I think you went on first because you were like, "Fuck it!" Like, oh you no, were just I did, like, ah, I did. That's right. That's yeah, right. Yeah, you were like, you were like, I don't yeah, give a shit. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Just have fun. Yeah. And we were up though. We had already gotten but was in it that time. Yeah, no, yeah, we were doing bumps before. I remember you did it, and you had it, and even then, I was like. Mark, I never do this. Yeah, yeah, right, right. right. I had it, and then I ran out, That's and then, right. then, then you guys are like, "We got this." And but he no, went, I think he called specifically for you to get you some coke or something. Did he? But Probably. you had, but you had the tar already, and there was some, yes. there was some dude hanging around, and I knew it was one of these dudes. That's exactly who that guy was. Yeah, like because well, like, speaking of okay, so when we say dude, like when you're on the road, I'm trying to I'm explaining yeah, to the yeah, audience. Go ahead. But like you're right. There's there's here's another thing. Like I sort of want to write a book about comedy because there's always there's like eight archetypes yeah. in the comedy world. Like there's people that you met once and they think they know you from, yeah. but you don't. They don't realize that comedy. you have 50 million right. lives. Like right. you're in Houston. Right. There's <clears throat> the drug guy, and this is like one of the biggest things is. The drug guy, you end up someone having to hang out with, and it's a nightmare. And I hated that so much. Yeah. And Mitch was always like, "I'm sorry," or like the phone ring. You know what I mean? Like th- those guys were the worst. And they're like, everywhere. Have to sit there and they won't just like like it's not like when you buy a TV. Here's your television. Goodbye. Yeah. It's like a little bit of like, yeah. well, we should. Yeah, yeah. Ugh, and then you go. Well, I like, remember. I wasted so much of my life with those people. Oh yeah, dude. Especially with coke. I mean. Oh, I mean, the work. Coke yeah. It's just ne- never <laughs> ending. Worst, but yeah. I do remember a guy with yeah. a bag. Who looked like sort of like a Southern California kind of dude. Yeah, I think a guy from San Francisco. Right, yeah. right. And I'm like, that's the dude. You know? Yeah, yeah you got him. You <laughs> I can know, see I've the dude. I've seen it before. I know. I know. So, and I remember thinking, like, why am I hanging out with idiots in my marriage? It's a, drugs. <laughs> yeah. But okay, so because I talked to But Matt. I mean, as far as code, like, <clears throat> you, I would, I liked it, but I never. Like I hate anxiety, and I'm always surprised that you do that because you have anxiety. Like, well, it's almost had a riddle in effect. I think. Oh, pro- oh yeah, like euphoria yeah, and you then just, hell. Yeah, and then like yeah. the the. Yeah. But when like I had I talked to Madrigal and he was <clears> with <throat> you guys on a couple of dates <clears throat> towards the end, right? Yeah, we were partying with all, all a little bit. But like and we you had know, a motor home, ridiculous. Right, 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 right. Yeah, right. And he said that the shows had gotten Bad. a little. Yeah. yeah. Well, that was like. Okay, so he went on a tour with David Tell and Lewis Beckett. It was really good. And, and, you know, like, we shouldn't have been on the road, but it was like, 
Mitch was like, oh, yeah. Another thing about was going on the road with Mitch was it wasn't like it is now where he, he tried to do he wanted to do theaters. Like if 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 it was a little bit year and he had his own like Facebook and Twitter, we could have just done one shows or two shows. Right, week. Before we that really happened. Right. So much work. Just a few years. And and um, like just too much like mm. constantly on stage and that can drive you crazy too so we've done a tour and he went on with loose back and all he had to do is 25 minutes and i was so happy like yeah. he didn't close the show i remember being like this is yeah. amazing like yeah. i was like oh my god i can see it yeah like because you're doing something the same for so long like i'm like oh my god life can change i remember right. being so happy and just healthier and yeah. like it was great yeah and then we just started working so much. And then he went on another tour with this guy, Stephen Lynch. And for some reason, they decided that they each would do an hour and 15, Ugh. which is ridiculous. And Stephen Lynch is like playing guitar and stuff. So, but then it, because Mitch was always like, we always had a little bit of like, you never know what's going to happen with those two. You know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. you get a reputation, yeah. even though we fucking were talking. Anyway, we made lots of people money. We made lots of money. Yeah. But, um, so at that point, so then Stephen Lynch would be like, uh, will you close the show? So then he'd do so that. So he's got to follow a guitar. He's got it for an hour and 15 minutes. Yeah. And then, and they're like sort of different and Stephen's fine, but then all in the really great cities like right. New York, it would be like, I'm, you know. Yeah. So, but yeah, but like at that point, I could see Mitch getting like, like he was like. At the end of his Frustrated, rope. end of his rope. That's the time we should, I should, it's just over, yeah. And like, just enough but yeah. like i have a lot of footage like i have footage from all over the years i'm gonna make a movie. i have footage of you being backstage at conan like 2003 or 2004 and he's filming you i remember yeah, i remember guitar, yeah you know what i remember about that yeah is that uh that, really yeah at that time i remember like because i was sober by then and i remember they used to give you that big bottle of flavored vodka and i was like you want this mitch he's like yeah yeah <laughs> but he always had like if he did like a show like that yeah. i mean he'd have like a little, those sure. little things for sure yeah right that not the like it wouldn't start before it was like right 30 second probably just to the warmth. just so when he walked out there <laughs> it, the, the warmth would fucking <laughs> yeah. hit him he had yeah. the timing down yeah well i i think that people are are curious and i think there's a cautionary tale but also there's a deeper sure. respect uh for for mitch and i and well, i think there's been that, a lot of time like it's weird when mitch first died like people within a week are like hey you know what you should do you should do this and you feel like oh my god i gotta do everything and then you're like i don't have to do anything right now well how did he end up a- alone there in new jersey we were together you were and what happened? Because I know that. The... Just I don't know. I don't know. Just because uh, like you know that like I remember like when it happened. That's when people were like you know there was this or, you know there there was a lot of attempt to 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 kind of quell. The, yeah, the, I don't the really know. Story. I don't know because it happens to you, and then you're in a different reality. You're mm-hmm. not thinking like someone. You know what I mean? Like. I don't know. Like, yeah, we were just, we were working in New York and we were in New Jersey and then um, we were going to go work in um, Baltimore somewhere after that. Yeah. And just, he didn't wake up. (sighs) I don't have time. It's like, but you know, I, I, like I've thought about that too. Like, are, are we allowed to talk about someone's death? It's personal. You know what I mean? Like, you know, even though you're with connected with someone, you still live your own life in your own brain. Sure. Like, am I allowed to? Sure. I don't know. It was, it was partly it was your your experience. Oh, for sure, for sure, yeah. And it, that was that was it. It was just you know you That's woke it. up. He it's didn't over. wake up, and that was well, it. yeah, sort of, and just yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and well, I'm sorry. Life changes. I'm sorry you went through that. And then fucking life goes on, man. Yeah, but I, you know, no. I did. I do, I'm joking. But I do. I I am sorry that you. Well, went Well, then that. you're that the rest of your life is 
like you're constantly thinking of high concept things like life or death and when some like if you really love someone it's really like you're empathizing with them and then when they die you're you're spend your time like trying to relate to them non-existing yeah. so like there's just all your brain but also you live in his legacy in a way and, and you, you know, don't have a choice yeah yeah but i mean you do you, do you enjoy that not like i think in the beginning i was like oh my god like it was like a weird thing like you're trying to like sew it up really fast like you first of all you can't believe someone's got like it doesn't make sense you're like why is the world still here and then you know i i was sick yeah i came out and then you just sort of do your own thing and and I felt right away like, oh my God, like, like where I can't talk to Mitch. What am I going to do? Yeah. You're just on your own. And, and you know, when you walk in, there's a lot being said about you. It's this black sort of thing. Yeah, and you walk yeah. in a room and you don't want to bring people alone. down. So I was always like, hey, I yeah. didn't want to make people feel awkward. And then that weird faking it till you make it sort of took over a little bit, little yeah, level. Yeah. So there's all these levels. Yeah. And you don't really, but you're changed forever. Like, you don't look at anything ever. Death is different. It's like, on some level, it frees you, like, and and sur- your survivor skills are like everyone dies. Who cares? And you kind of become really like yeah. hardcore a little right. bit. Like it's just weird. But yeah. but as far as the legacy, I felt like I had to do something right away. I was like really scared because I was so used to like, well, we're working next week because we don't want to like get off the machine. You've worked so hard. Yeah. But then I was just like. I don't have to do anything. It doesn't matter. Like, you know, like in a big scheme, I don't have to do anything. Or does like he doesn't get to see it again? You yeah. know. Yeah. But then. Um, I think I worked on a few things and uh, then just people tell his jokes. Like kids are telling his yeah, jokes to yeah, other yeah. kids. and It's amazing that like he's timeless. And, it and, really is. And, and he wrote, he, he, I remember him telling me, he goes, I write my jokes to last forever. Like He said that? Yeah. He's like, I want to like you, you know, that's why I don't like putting dates on things too much. Like I, I kind of think that's cool. And it kind of like there's no machine behind him. And yeah. I get emails from like really cool things. And yeah. I get emails from people who are shitty, but like you grow a skin and and now i guess is the time to maybe talk about it a little bit more you know what i mean like i was always like if i expose myself it'll taint to his thing but his jokes and art well is doing its own thing so yeah i'm gonna make a movie like i have some amazing footage and you no, got that's great and stuff. Yeah. that's great yeah. and, and like i i don't think that by by talking candidly about it it no, diminishes anything and no, no and you know i certainly wanted to you know i was nervous about talking to you because i i didn't want you no, I know. to be in a position that you would find uncomfortable and you know i love the guy and i think he did an sure. amazing thing and, and he you know he's like i'm the one that had i I have more self-hatred just as a natural human being than he did. And he'd be like, it just doesn't mean we're bad people. Like, mm. you know, just because we got fucked up, you know what I mean? Or no, made a, mistakes. Yeah. And he always had that. But I think I was always like, yeah, it means we're bad. And I, that's like almost, I almost regret like that, having that attitude with him more than doing drugs with him. Um, Like being more like, yeah, this means we're bad. Like this is. Right, we're, we're dirty. We're so and, bad and yeah, wrong. Yeah, and yeah. like, fuck. Yeah. Or being disappointed in him, like, uh, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. I think that's sometimes more damaging, yeah. right? Yeah. Well, I look, you know, you're, you, you, you seem he to be okay. Me. Huh? He, no, I mean, like, <laughs> I remember getting married and saying, like, don't make me into, like, someone, like a mother. Don't do things where I have to, like, I hate that. <laughs> Cut to, put it down, put the heroin down. Fucker. <laughs> Well, you know, you seem okay, and I'm glad. Yeah, and, I think uh, I'm okay. Yeah. And and I'm glad that you you were able to talk about this. Sure. And uh, and I think that's an amazing thing that you know that his comedy is timeless, and that he was aware of that. Yeah, because that's such a rare. thing. Well, you look back now a little bit. Like he wasn't like um, 
Like, it's weird hard to explain, like, you know, because the story is he's a comedian who died with drugs, tragedy. So immediately the comedy thing. Like, there's a different thing, too. Like, he um, didn't, he wasn't a really dark person or deathy or, like, I probably have more of that kind of mentality. But, like, he kind of, like, filmed our life a little bit. It's, there's already a bit of a documentary I think he was making. Uh-huh. Yeah. And you've got all that stuff? Yeah. Well, I look forward to seeing it. Yeah. Thanks for talking, Lynn. Thank you. Okay, I want to say I really appreciate Lynn coming by, and that was a that was a great talk, and it, you know it sort of processed a lot of things for me, and I hope I hope for you as well uh, if you loved Mitch Hedberg. Uh, as always, please go to wtfpod.com if you want anything WTF related. You can get on the mailing list, you can check out the episode guide, you can order some merch, you can get the app, you can upgrade to the premium app, you can kick in a few shekels, you can leave some comments, uh, you can do whatever you want. Just, uh, you can leave, com- yeah, leave comments, except you. You know who you are, you dick. Just stop it. Um, JustCoffee.coop, available at WTFPod.com. What else do I got to tell you? Uh, again, I'm thrilled about my book, and I'm excited about my TV show. Am I? Yes, of course you are. Don't talk to yourself. IFC, May 3rd, it's going to happen. Okay. All right, I think I feel good. I don't know. Boomer lives! <laughs>